You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, Hello, only on the Oz Network. the Oz Network. For a brand new, brand new, brand new show. The show's not new, but us covering it is new. Uh, we are here to cover RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars Season 3, Episode 1, called some All Star Variety Show, I believe the title was. But we are here because you wanted it, and I wanted it. Mainly I wanted it. I didn't really hear much feedback from you, but we're here to cover it because it was such a hit when we covered the random episode recap, so we have to come back. But I'm not here alone. I'm here with with a co-host, so we're going to cover all of it. Um, anyway, I'm Rossi, and the amount of people on this podcast are equal to the amount of people that show up to a Morgan McMichaels meet and greet. And my name is Colin, and uh, it's nice to see me anywhere, as I have also been unemployed since season six. <laughs> um, so one of the reasons we wanted to cover this show was because, A, we would give a unique take on the show, as I'm a big fan, and Colin's a brand new fan. The RuPaul virgin. Yes, and a- aspiring super fan. He's going <laughs> to catch up on all these other seasons that he's missed. Um, and anyway, it was such a big hit. Um, Colin, what were your, just give me your whole impression of not only not the episode, but just on the whole kind of concept of the RuPaul's Drag Race as a show to cover. Well, we mentioned this on the end of our Amazing Race episode. If you haven't listened to it, listen to the Amazing Race, uh, season 30, episode four that we just covered where we talk about this. And one, two, and three. And one, two, three. Yeah. Just catch up on all our Amazing Race stuff, including the lost episode. Uh, if you can find it, but um, it's out by now. When when we launched Oz Network back in March of last year, Ben and I were just trying to figure out how we could get. We tried recording one thing; it, it was okay, but it didn't really work. So we were just trying to figure out how we could get our footing, you know, get a feel for what we wanted the show to be. And we didn't want to commit to a show and do like a hundred episodes all at once. So I suggested, why don't we take a show like both of us were familiar with, which was Smallville. And just do random episodes, just so we could get used to the format of what we want on the Oz Network and kind of have fun with maybe some of the better ones. And we liked doing that, so when Survivor ended and we had nothing really to cover during the summer, uh, we threw out, let's do random rewatches for other people. You know, let's let the listeners suggest shows for us to watch, and that led to stuff like Impractical Jokers and Charmed. And you suggested, you were not part of the Oz Network at that point, but you suggested RuPaul's Drag Race, a specific episode. And I said, sure, why not? Uh, Nick was busy that week. Ben was out of the country. (laughs) So I was the default person to cover it with you. Wow, makes me feel so good. (laughs) But uh, if you go back and listen to that uh, episode, you'll know which season that was or episode title. People just search for RuPaul's Drag Race uh, for Oz Network. You'll find it. But... Uh, I remember saying I, I probably would have been to the episode because it was weird. I was had no idea what was going on with the show. But there was one segment that was really funny, and I kind of got the concept of the show based on that. So I said, yeah, we could maybe cover this in the future. And that was the whole idea about the random rewatches. Is any listener out there could suggest us to watch any episode of any show they want. Maybe they just want us to be in pain and be watching something awful. Or maybe they'd suggest something they want us to cover. You kind of won because you suggested that. And somehow managed to backdoor yourself as a host on this show, which you are now hosting, and somehow wow, managed thanks. to backdoor me into covering a full season this because you randomly send me RuPaul's Drag Race clips and YouTube videos. And I said at the end of that episode, 
maybe I'd be willing to watch random stuff for this. So here we are covering. We'll see how far we get with it. Wow. You know, I, I feel so much love right now. Uh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so <laughs> glad I joined your crew here. Yeah. <laughs> you got your own show now. Yeah. Admittedly, it's probably better than doing Third Watch or Nip Tuck. Um <laughs> <clears throat> So now let's get into the actual episode that we just watched and we're here to cover. Um, I'll start as episode one. Um, I'm going to jump to you. I want to hear what your thoughts are first. What were your whole impressions of the episode as a whole? Uh, How did it fit in relation to the Snatch Game episode that we watched way back when? Well, like you asked me, I, I said that I was very confused by a lot of stuff I saw in here and you said, did watching the previous episode help a little bit? And I think it did because I get the concept of the show. Not just the concept of like the rules, but also this isn't really a show I think that's about just who's the best drag queen. It's like, or maybe just the whole idea about drag queens is it's a more of a performance thing than anything else. It's like stand up comedy, it's singing, it's variety shows on this. So I don't know. I thought that the episode was fine. There are definitely moments of this show where I feel like I check out a little bit. I know the appeal of it's probably the big personalities and everything, but. For me on reality shows, in some ways, I feel like the bigger, more obnoxious of the personality, the more I sort of tune out to them. So like when it's just people sitting around talking, I'm like, okay, do I need to pay attention to all this? But I think the challenges really work in this, which is what's interesting. So, I mean, I didn't hate it. Uh, And just like the last one we covered, there's at least one or two segments here that I think are really fun to watch, uh, you know, just on their own. And the thing that confuses me more than anything is that this felt like exactly the same show as... The last one we watched, which was season six, I think you said. Yeah. A random episode of season six. Um, The numbering of it, like, is this season 10? Is this season three of All-Stars? Like, they number the shows differently. Is there really anything different with All-Stars from what the regular show is? Because this is, like, season three of All-Stars, but there's, like, nine seasons of the original. I don't really get that. Yeah, so they do a weird thing where they have the All-Stars as separate. Like, it's almost like a separate show. It's all the same stuff, essentially. It's a separate show. So they have three seasons. This is the third all-star season in which people were brought back. Uh, and then they have regular, the regular run of the series where they have they did nine seasons, and then season 10 will air after this one is off the air. Now, so, And the re- I think the only reason they separate it is because the rules change a bit in terms of the competition. So in the regular series, they have... The format is the same of what's going on, but the just elimination process is handled differently. So in the regular season, you have the bottom two, who are the, the worst performers of the week, and they would compete in the lip sync, and then one would stay and one would leave. And that's kind of the process there. So, you know, you look at your challenge performance, the, the outfits, et cetera, et cetera. Bottom two, one would go. Mm-hmm. Here in All-Stars, because they've already gone through that process, they, they change it up a bit. So in All-Stars season one, they had the worst twist ever in which they competed in pairs and they were eliminated in pairs um, and is universally hated. But in the second season, they did the same rules that we've had in this season in which the top two would compete in the lip sync and the winner would get to pick one of the bottom two or three, depending on the format of the episode, to send home. So a little bit more kind of cutthroat, a little bit more competitive in terms of the fact that you get to set, you get more of a say in who goes home or who who does poorly, mm-hmm. or not who does poorly, but who you get to, who you want to compete against going on, 
where you don't have that in the original. So it's almost so more I, now like your typical instead of because there really are two different types of reality shows. There's reality talent shows, which is something like The Voice, American Idol, Master Chef, or even the show that the last time we covered this, I compared this to Face Off, which is a great show that I love, which is just about people creating special effects makeup every week. Uh, and then there's reality shows where it's about playing a game and manipulating. And this is now more of maybe not completely, but it's kind of slightly leaning towards you can win power and you can kind of be the one to choose and becomes more of a game now. Yeah. It's more of a strategy, a little bit more strategy in this. Um, however, at the final four, uh, the final five is the last elimination that should be like this. I mean, based on season two, season two, the last elimination like this was final five. And then the final four was moved on. And then the RuPaul eliminated the fourth and then it was just the final three and they, and then the winner was ultimately decided. So I'm assuming if it follows the exact same format, then that'll be the same way, but we'll see. Things are subject to change, expect the unexpected and all these kinds of reality shows. Um, maybe except for like a cooking show, but, um, yeah, so that's kind of the format. Um, did you share your thoughts on the episode itself? Um, well, okay, the one thing, the other question I have, I guess, partly related to this episode, but also to just the whole season, is this, this Hall of Fame thing that they get to win. Like, you get to go in the Hall of Fame. Now, Is am I assuming right that the two people they keep showing the Hall of Fame are the winners of the previous All-Star seasons? Yeah, so they were the two that they showed at the very beginning in those handmade tail outfits. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so they were the two that won the last two all-star seasons. And it doesn't really make sense why it's the all-star Hall of Fame. <laughs> I think it's just like an additional like, ooh, glamorous thing. Well, But like, you have to remember that with the exception of the BB who was added in this episode, the additional 10th one, mm-hmm. like everyone's lost this, like they didn't win their first time around. Yeah. So it's like, why are we giving them all like, hall of fame like compared to the people that won their first time around like we wouldn't what would you give like amber and (laughs) like um jeremy like special status because they didn't win on their first time around or something like that's that's what i didn't get because if i look through here on wikipedia uh it shows their original placings you have like two people who made fourth place one person made fifth place. The rest of these people are all in the bottom half of their seasons. Some of them are like among the first people to be eliminated. Uh, this one here, Shangela, was like, I'm guessing that's like 12th is like last place on their original season. So this is like the battle of the losers, <laughs> but you get more credit than a real winner if you win the season, which kind of seems backwards to me. But I don't know. Other than that, I feel like, you know, the challenges all make sense. And I think people who... I don't know if we're going to get a lot of people listening to this episode who don't watch this show already. One of the other reasons we're doing this is because I was surprised at how many downloads we got when we covered a random episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. But if you haven't seen the episode and you're just tuning in now just to see what we're talking about RuPaul's Drag Race for, I mean, there is a real competition to it. And what I do like is when they're allowed to perform, not so much, you know, lip syncing on the end, which I still think is like the worst way to eliminate a contestant, but... Uh, when they're doing the, the insults, you, you probably know the name of the challenge that they start this out with when they're throwing insults at each other. Like that stuff I love because it, there's a real talent that is to it. And it's uh, it's like um, a roast really, uh, which I'm sure they have other more, more similar to real roast things they do on this show. 
where this could be something that's on Last Comic Standing. It's like a stand-up comedy reality show. It's not just about who looks the most like a woman or who has the most extravagant, flamboyant costume. Yeah, that's definitely... It's, it's a lot of different aspects coming together. Um, next episode, they're going to be doing some sort of musical challenge. I didn't see the preview. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but they're doing some sort of musical like lip-syncing thing. So we'll see how that goes. It's The challenges are all kind of different. Um, I don't think on All-Stars they do any sort of sewing or anything like that, but they have... they've like. And I'm just going to reference last All-Stars 2. They did kind of a an uh, infomercial thing where they had a product and they had to sell it. They did, um, you know, a musical thing. They did uh, commercial stuff. So they, they've done a whole different variety of things. Um, so I'm assuming that it's probably going to be some of the similar challenges this time. And All-Stars 2 started the same exact challenge. They had that. They, it's almost identical. They had the the reading challenge at the beginning with the insults. Then they have the the all the, the uh, talent show that they did, and then they had the elimination. And so it was, it's it's almost a carbon copy of it. Um, however, I think this was a lot better. If you're ever and curious to watch the All Stars too, I think this was a lot better, better talents and etc. Well, um, I'm, I'm the, I guess I'm a little bit disappointed if we're not going to get a lot of putting costumes together and looks together and stuff like that because. That was one of the things in the random episode we watched that I liked that I found similar to the show Face Off where the majority of the show is they have to work out a special effect makeup and in the case of the Snatch Game episode we watched they have to create their look to look like the celebrity and sometimes they're like yeah this isn't really working I need to change the wig I need to change you know the way the makeup is here I need something else for my costume and I'm kind of hoping we get some of that on the show because I think that's another area where we say it's part like a stand-up comedy thing it's part a singing thing it's part a dancing thing but it's also part how do you build this look and are you talented enough to actually make yourself look like somebody else yeah that's gonna come the the, the, i think just because the looking at the episode it takes so much time to show all these performances of 10 different people there's no time to do a separate you know looking like a, a runway thing so let's eliminate but, some people quickly. <laughs> well, it's just a, a, a time saver. I think next episode they're going to have the challenge and then they're going to have maybe runways. I hope mm-hmm. so. Because um, they usually do. Like They usually have like, all right, you're going to do your commercial and then you're gonna, we're going to see some clips of so-and-so doing this commercial and so-and-so doing that and then they're going to come back the next, the next day in their time mm-hmm. and then get ready for the runway, which is whatever theme pirates on the runway or whatever and so they're going to do that and we're going to see their commercials while they're standing there and then then it's going to be the all right you're the top two you're the bottom two and then see the strategy that we saw at the end of this episode as well so i'm hoping that next episode we see that because um it it can get a little overwhelming in the first episode of introducing everyone and then you have the challenges so i think it'll be more streamlined moving forward um and introducing the people is something yeah. that I think helped me because I don't know any of these all-stars and they took a long time in this episode. I mean, I'm guessing your standard episode is not as long as this one is. This was maybe an extended one. But I actually like that we got to introduce these people and I found it a lot easier than the random one we watched where you already <laughs> knew who these characters were 
Yeah, so I was complaining about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, half the time they're referring to themselves by their regular name, half the time they're referring to themselves by their performance name, half the time you see them as a man, and half the time you see them as a woman. I don't know how to keep track of them. I was doing a little bit of a better job this time, where on the end of the episode, I'm like, oh, that was that guy that wore that weird shirt. Oh, that's the guy with the glasses. Yeah. It, I was trying to pull up a link for you, because there's a... they. On the wikia, they post the looks of like what they were dressed as, and maybe I thought that was going to help, but they don't have them up yet, so unfortunately, I can't give that to you. Um, maybe as the season goes on, we can keep track of that. Um, but were you at all? Did you recognize um, the two that you'd known from the past season right away, or was that how long did it take for you to realize that you knew some of them? I, I recognize the one by the name. Like I would never would have recognized anybody by their looks because. <laughs> I mean, their drag looks are probably different every single week. And even their regular looks, I don't know how much we see of them. Or There was even the one guy who said that he'd had his chin done or something like that. And, like, maybe I have seen this guy before and his chin's just throwing me off. Who knows? But the <laughs> Ben de la Creme, who I remember you said you were a huge fan of in that season, which who played Maggie Smith in the, the, uh, the, the impersonation one. Uh, I recognize that name for sure. And also, very quickly, the personality came out. Like, I think by far, I'm not going to say, like, oh, I love these characters or whatever. I mean, I can't tell half these people apart, but the Ben de la Creme, <laughs> as far as personality goes, definitely seems to have the most of all these. The other one, Milk, uh, I think I remember the name. And when you mentioned that Milk in that one episode we watched was dressed as male RuPaul, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. That was kind of clever. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I probably never would have picked up on them if it wasn't for the memorable name of Ben de la Creme. Or the 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 clips that show you what they did on the past season. Yeah, where I'm like, I saw that episode. <laughs> They originated the language. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so I guess we'll go through quick the quick beginning bit, which includes them entering the reading challenge, and then anything pre the working on the performances. So, what were any standouts in terms of people, in terms of the challenge performance, yeah. the little mini challenge we had at the beginning? Was there any what what, what stood out to you? Because so, I, I don't know what to reference to you because I don't know what you remember or know or caught caught your eye or whatever. Where I was so. completely lost in this. Um, the, the were you not watching? Was Casper taking your attention away? <laughs> no, there were a few moments though where where Trixie Mattel was on screen, where Casper was kind of looking with this odd look on his face, like, "What am I actually looking at right now? Is this a toy?" Like. Uh, that was one creepy looking man, woman. What do you? What do they call them on these episodes? Because they're like a man who's playing a woman, um, drag racer. Uh, that one stood out right away with the roller skates. I mean, it seemed like kind of a fun introduction, but also just how incredibly creepy this Trixie Mattel looked. Uh, I'll definitely remember that. Uh, as I'll remember Kennedy Davenport very well because I'll be having nightmares about that look with the mirrors all over the face and everything. Um, and also just this Ben de la Creme with the Jughead hat. Like, is that a gimmick, or is that just something he happened to be wearing on this episode, wearing Jughead's crown? Well, it's one of those things where, like, they... Um, I'm guessing this is, like, most um, pre-planned reality shows, like like a cooking show or a, mm-hmm. real, like a renovation or a singing show where they have those confessionals that are filmed after the episode. Oh, yeah. So like, but they have their like outfits set. They those outfits are set, so they set outfits that are going to be those confessionals in the with the pink or blue or whatever mm-hmm. background that they have. So like, you're going to always go back to Benjamin Creme wearing that hat. Like that's just the outfit that he chose to wear for the confessionals. 
And yeah. so, and then the producers are approved with it and everything. So like, we're always going to see that like Jughead look yeah, whenever think... Bendo's time has a confessional. So like that keeps it a little bit consistent throughout the season as well. I remember that with like MasterChef and Face Off. Sometimes you'll see one person wearing one outfit for the entire season. And you realize, oh, they recorded all these confessionals at the end of the season, but uh, at least it's something memorable. Um, now the challenge the, this first one you're talking about, is that the one where they're just throwing insults at each other or wearing the, the opera glasses? Yeah. Yeah. See, this is my favorite part of the episode by far. Because um, this is where it feels like a stand-up comedy thing. And it really is no different than watching Last Comic Standing if they have a roast challenge. Uh, and also just the fact that they, they all have fun with it. I mean, I get that this is kind of uh, a show where there's a lot of cattiness and it's sort of built on the drama of people hating each other and all that like your typical reality show, it's felt very similar to Hell's Kitchen during the reality aspects where it's just following them backstage or whatever. But like these people are laughing when people are insulting them. And there's so many good one-liners and I can't remember who everybody said all these. Um, but some of them, like uh, the one who said, we weren't offended when your parents played uh, that little joke, which is basically saying you are the joke your parents played. Uh, and of course, the one I mentioned that nice to see you anywhere as you've been unemployed since season six. Uh, the best was, I think, Ben de la Creme, who said uh, uh, something in reference to the, them being a clown and uh, yeah. children to sewer grates, which is like the it reference. Um, look how far you've come now. You're much older. <laughs> uh, you have two crowns. It's not a lot of dental work for somebody who's been on this many seasons. So many good, like, no joke. Half of my notes here are just those insults. And that's the challenge that I really love where they can actually be funny and uh, you're this is probably gonna go over your head it's before your time it was even kind of before my time but i'm canadian so i'll get it but you ever heard of the show the kids in the hall nope no you've never heard it. okay i'm gonna start sharing kids in the hall clips with you uh so kids oh, in the God. hall we're not covering it <laughs> kids in the hall ran from 1989 to 1994 it was uh, a canadian sketch comedy show you could kind of consider it like a cross between um, a cross between Monty Python and that it was just five guys who were like a comedy group who got their own show, but also like Saturday Night Live because they recorded it live in front of an audience. And Lauren Michaels, who's, you know, does Saturday Night Live is also Canadian. So he produced this for Canadian TV and it became like a really big show, even outside of Canada. And just, you'd recognize a lot of the five guys. If you saw them, mostly Dave Foley, uh, who did a lot of big movies. He had a TV show called news radio and all that. Uh, but, these guys did like a sketch comedy show and because there were only four of them similar to Monty Python you would often have the guys wearing dresses uh, because they just simply they didn't have anybody on the cast who was a woman so what do you do when you get a guy to play a woman and they sort of became famous for that just very realistically playing guys in drag and I, I kind of like this challenge because it again reminds me of the kids in the hall where it's just it's funny to see guys being really over the top playing a woman but also just being stand-up comedy you know and i feel like most of these guys probably could just be stand-up comedians on their own even without having to do the lip-syncing the dancing and some of the more boring stuff so i love the challenge it was my favorite part of the whole episode well one thing that's interesting is that a lot of them want to i remember there was this one contestant who was doing an interview and i listened to it and she was saying well i wanted to do you know performance but no one was paying attention to me and then all of a sudden I put a wig on heels on and, and everyone was paying me money. And so I just thought, I think it's just like, that was really interesting. Like that everyone's got this kind of desire to perform, whether it's, you know, people like Trixie, um, 
uh, see, Trixie, who else? And, and Thorgy, I guess, are mm-hmm. more of the people who are the comedians. Like, they're more interested in, you know, com- comedy with this performance. And then some people like, you know, Kennedy, who would do it all through dancing and flipping and kicking and that kind of performance. Like, you're not going to see Kennedy do crazy comedy, although she has, she did the Little Richard that I showed you. Yeah. Um, so, like, I mean, obviously they're all be able to do some comedy, but some people prefer the comedy versus the the looks or the which is why Trixie's got that crazy the crazy makeup and stuff like that's kind of her aesthetic crazy, the crazy. terrifying terrifying makeup <laughs> well that's where the audience collects if you remember to lock the door mm-hmm. um, and just to give you some background I am a big fan of Trixie um, obviously Ben de la Creme and I am now a huge fan of Aja after the performance in the challenge. Really? Yes, which we'll get to. Um, did you want to talk at all about the 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 sitting down scenes, or should we just skip those? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't really have any notes on them, other than those are the parts of the episode where I feel like there's so much that goes on in this show, and this is one of the things that makes it interesting, is that there are things uh, in this show that are comparable to Face Off where they're having to build their costumes and stuff like that. There's things that are similar to Last Comic Standing where it's about performance and comedy. There's things that are similar to The Apprentice or Big Brother or stuff like that where it's these talking scenes. But there's so many different things that go on in the show that it moves so fast. And we mentioned this in the Amazing Race episode. If people haven't listened to it, they can go back and listen to Amazing Race Season 30, Episode 4. Um, where we mentioned the editing and Amazing Race kind of changing this season. And this is what I compare it to because I felt lost at a lot of times during this show because I'm not used to the format. I'm not used to so many things being thrown at me. But if you're watching this show from day one or even watching a previous season, it might seem normal to you. But when they just all start talking, I'm spending so much time trying to catch up on, so this was the one who wore this costume earlier this was the one on roller skates and meanwhile they just look like themselves like i couldn't keep track of any of it you should just have a little cheat sheet make a a little cheat sheet like save the confessional when they have the little banner at the bottom because they have a little picture in the circle yeah so they'll have their like drags like picture the or, like the promo picture and then they'll have their like in their like boy clothes so like maybe you can wear that look at that to compare <laughs> I get, I get to... that it's hard to follow if you're not familiar. Yeah. And also, I mean, it's it, I, I compared it to Hell's Kitchen to, I guess that would be better than The Apprentice or Big Brother. Just that half of Hell's Kitchen, have you ever watched that? Um, No, I've seen the like, what I know what happens. I get Hell's Kitchen. So. Yeah. But that's kind of like half of Hell's Kitchen is not challenges or performance. It's just these people constantly arguing and it it feels like it gets to be too much at least for me or when i'm watching hell's kitchen i do the same thing i kind of skip those moments but um this one didn't seem as bad as i guess some of the previews we're going to see for future episodes or what past shows have had where it's just you know constant bickering and uh backstabbing and stuff like that but i mean again nothing in this really bored me i can say that much what was your um so i just got cover so we had a little bit of the undressing scenes where they were talking about how they're going to proceed with the eliminations. And then we had Morgan was saying, Oh, I'm just going to eliminate the strongest one. And she was like, well, I'm the, like all of you are fan. Fa-, and like someone Trixie was like, Oh, well we're all fan favorites here. And oh yeah. Morgan was like, not me. Yeah. I remember. So I can do whatever one. I want. So which one was it? Who's not a fan favorite? 
Morgan, the one that was eliminated at the end. Yeah, it worked out well for him. Uh, but is so there what was re- your thoughts on vocal? Like, I think the the main reason that Morgan went home was because of the vocalization of that strategy. Well, and again, Obviously. that's where getting lost in these characters I didn't get because I remember that moment very well and kind of having not watched the show wondering, is this guy actually hated by the fans? Is this our Omarosa on All-Stars, you know? Uh, or is this just his personality or whatever? But I couldn't even connect the dots on the end. But now that you say that, if it was the same person, then yeah, absolutely that's the reason that he went home. Yeah, because I'm... Um... On All Stars too, they had this. That obviously, you wouldn't have re- made the reference, but last year they had agreed. Okay, so we're only going to eliminate the person who's the weakest. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're going to be fair. We're all going to do this really like peace and love thing. We're going to eliminate as a group. We're going to say who's the weakest, and everyone except for one person did that. Uh, well, actually, no, there was an alliance that happened, but it, it was. Everyone hated that that they had done that. Um, and so coming into this season, it seems like it's going to be a little bit more competitive in the fact that someone was like, well, I'm going to eliminate you and you. And, and I think that more people are willing to kind of go the more cutthroat way. And I want to say cutthroat, but like more intentionally like deliberate with their choices of elimination, maybe except for this episode, but who knows what Ben Delacreme is thinking. Um, and is that something that fans are upset because I don't follow the show? Is that something that fans are upset by? What? Just the being able to choose um, who goes home as opposed to it actually being, you know, whoever the judges determine is the worst. I think it, it's definitely better than the teams that they did in the first All Stars. Um, however, there was a rumor that this season was going to do a little different elimination setup where the. Um, so RuPaul would declare the winner of the challenge. So maybe Ben Delacreme is the winner of the challenge. No no two winners, just one winner. And they would pick the bottom two to compete in the lip sync. Mm-hmm. In which, um, or just pick, pick the people to lip sync against each other. And then RuPaul would pick one to go home. And I thought that was really interesting because it puts no pressure on the contestants to eliminate so-and-so or so-and-so. They don't have the blood on their hands. It puts it back on the the host of the show. Mm-hmm. So I think it was iffy when they decided to go back to the All-Stars too, but depending on how it works out, like if it works out the exact same as it did last season, then it's going to be really frustrating to watch. But if they actually like, you know, think about who they're eliminating more carefully, then this could be an interesting season. And I mean, I'm, I'm hooked. Like I think the first episode was great and I'm about it. Um, the other thing that, I would guess, having not watched the show, I don't know, that fans might be upset about is, before we get to the the kind of final challenges here, is this winner from a past season being allowed on the show? Is that something that people are kind of upset about, or how do you feel about that? Um, I'm not too sure what everyone... The, everyone. I've polled the whole world. And yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't really know what the opinion is. I'm not too mad about it, just because season one was, like, totally... Like it was like boot. It, was, it looked like bootleg version of Drag Race. Like mm-hmm. it, it was like there was a weird filter on the screen, so it looks like 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 Star Trek space, like really <laughs> bad Star Trek almost. Like and no one really watched the show. Like the show has since exploded into having so many viewers. Like it was one of the most watched shows on Thursday when it aired. So 
I think that it's fair to bring someone way back when that no one really knows about. Mm-hmm. Like, and there would really be no opportunity to bring her back otherwise because so far it's the only time they've ever brought a winner back because they've brought back people from season one and All-Stars 1, but that was really it. And so I think no one really can be familiar with who this contestant, who this drag queen, who this person is. Yeah. So I'm not too mad about it. Although I did see a theory online that was saying that because of the Handmaid Tale like reference at the beginning, that the person's actually just a mole and is never going to be subject to winning or elimination <laughs> and is just going to be there to give the publicity of who they are. Mm-hmm. But they'll never win. So they'll just be like eliminated in fourth place like because they never won a challenge or they never lost, you know? Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting. We'll see what happens with her if she's actually a true contender and can win the money or not or is just there for the publicity of it either way i think it's an interesting concept i'm not too mad about it although if this happened on survivor it'd be like what the hell one winner yeah this makes no like why is richard hatch there like but, but like they say that in the episode two or i think rupaul said it where you know so much has changed and i didn't again having not seen the show i didn't know i got where he was going with that that you know a lot of these reality shows is completely different when you you know, get 10, 15 seasons in. But Survivor's a little bit different in that the show was made based on Richard Hatch. If you bring Richard Hatch back and say, this is fair for him to be going up against, you know, the losers who didn't even make the merge in a second gen season or something like that. But there are other reality shows. Like I remember watching the very first season of Big Brother and then season two of Big Brother US. It was a completely different show. <laughs> if you bring back the guy who won season one, he he is the underdog like he has no chance against people in an all-star season yeah that, that's a good comparison since it, it, it was the same format as every other regular season mm-hmm. you know people the bottom two a lip sync blah 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 someone goes home but it's just like so it was so underground that no one could really um understand who these people were and yeah. and the production was different it was it improved season two and it improved has been gradually improving like better quality hd like Things like that. Um, dental work. Um, <laughs> um, so I guess we can move on to the challenge, unless you have any comments or questions up till this point. No, let's move on to the challenge. All right. So we have the All-Star Variety Show, which is just a talent show uh, where they can showcase a different talent related to what they do and their performances. Um, I don't know. The, I don't remember the order. Oh, they went. I can somewhat remember the order. So the first up, we had Shangela who was, I guess I can, as we go through them individually, I'll say how they did and what's memorable about them. So Shangela was on season two, where she was eliminated first. And then she came back for season three. The only other time that someone was brought back outside of an all-star season. And then placed fairly well, I think, sixth or fifth. And so has become like a huge fan favorite and people love and, there's a lot of funny scenes about her throwing drinks on people and stuff and just a party. Um, so Shangela's performance was a lip sync uh, to one of her songs, I'm guessing, sounded like, um, in which, and just a whole bunch of dancing and comedy, not comedy, dancing and performing. What were your thoughts on Shangela's performance? The Hallelujah. Um, uh, now, again, correct me if I'm wrong because I get a little bit lost but was Shangela one of the ones who, who they weren't as high on on the end? No, Shangela was one of the 
was I think it was a good perf- I think the performance was high just the the the, the look was not there. Okay. Yeah, cuz I I again, I, a lot of this I'm like, okay, so they're singing, they're lip-syncing, they're dancing or doing whatever and not a lot of them stood out, but I do remember this Shangela being one of the ones where I thought, "Oh, that one wasn't too bad." Like there was a decent performance there. Um I couldn't tell you what he she did, <laughs> but I do remember I didn't hate this one. Uh the, the one of the ones we're going to talk about uh I was kind of, you know, a, a little bit confused on what the big deal was or do you just want me to say which one uh, that is already no we'll get to it okay. so, say the suspense all right all right so then next we had thorgy thor who did the violin performance oh yeah um what were your takes on that i i thought that was clever i kind of liked the violin thing and uh when they showed that clip uh like before they went to the commercial break, I wasn't really looking at the screen when somebody was saying like, you know, it was just like crickets or whatever. When this came up, I thought that's what it was going to be because I'm like, are they just playing a violin? But I mean, it seemed like a cool idea and they got in. And also my other question is, was this faking the violin? Was this lip syncing or hand syncing violin or was this real? Cause it was pretty good. No. Um, yeah. Thorgy does a lot of, uh, violin performance. Uh, I think trained, trained, like a trained violinist. So, mm-hmm. It was all real. Uh, it may have been, I don't know if it was, now that you mentioned, I don't know if it was actually, during the performance, it was actually real. I don't know if, if that's or what you're getting at. maybe. It may be a part of the track that was played and just like faked it, because mm-hmm. I don't know if they would hear it. However, she she can she can play the violin. That, that's not fake. Yeah. Um, but I did like that it was a combination of like modern and old, like you had the classical, but like if you don't, if you weren't aware, that's actually a RuPaul song at the end that, that was being performed. <laughs> I never would have known that. <laughs> yeah, so it's but just I think like they mentioned really... that on the end, and I'm like, oh, okay, so then that's even more clever. So it wasn't like at the beginning it was just classical, and then when it started to get upbeat, it was the RuPaul song that was just remixed for the violin. Um. Okay, and actually, at this point, I don't even remember who goes in order. I'm just going to go unless I see him. Random order here. It's appropriate. All right. Then we had the winner. We had BB go up with her lip syncing to a song and her tribal Lion King <laughs> off-Broadway look. What were your thoughts on seeing BB return? Uh, I mean, overall, I, I guess it's hard for me to judge because I don't know what everybody gets judged on. But I thought this BB was probably the most realistic as presenting themselves as a woman through most of it. Uh, and that I, I, it didn't just feel like a guy doing an overtop act. I thought this lion thing was like the stupidest thing I'd ever saw until they showed the roar thing, which I thought was hilarious. And I think that's what most of the credit went to for that. You know, other than that, I'm like, it felt like the Lion King. And obviously, I get that's what they were going with here. But I don't know. This, this, it, it felt really weird to me. I didn't get why this is a talent or a variety show or whatever. But. The roar did kind of work, and it was kind of funny just hearing the music that you know was very Disney esque in a show like this. Um, okay, then in whatever order we have next, uh, let's go to Ben de la Creme, who did a burlesque <laughs> comedy show, which ended up winning. What were your impressions seeing Ben de la Creme out of Maggie Smith? Yeah, see, I mean. The Maggie Smith thing stood out for me, and even throughout this episode, whenever Ben Delcrem was on, I didn't always know it was Ben Delcrem. But then when they would show it, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, this guy's really funny with everything he does." I didn't. Also, I didn't get this right away. You know, it just seemed like dancing, and you had like the kind of nipple gag over and over again. Uh, but 
as a progress, I'm like, I get what the joke is here is that everything is nipples and it's just something different nipples every single time. It kind of turned into like nip crobatics, <laughs> I guess would be the word for it. Uh, which I think coming out of this show, you know, the fact that I don't understand the show a lot, I'm not the target audience. If I can remember something vividly, then they probably did deserve to win. So like this nip crobatics uh, was worthy of the winning spot. Uh, okay. I, I thought it was great though. Um, at first, yeah, I can see at first. Cause I was a little confused at first. I was like, what's the, what's the gag? Like I didn't see what was so funny at first. And then as it progressed, I was like, Oh, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. it. It took a little while for me as well. So, um, let's go with, uh, we had a top two. Let's go to the bottom two. We had Chi Chi Devane who did this baton twirling, dancing with the flat shoes. Do you remember? Um, when this happened, when they showed who was the bottom, uh, I was hoping like that I'd see more clips so it could jog my memory. Even you just describing that right there, I have no clue if I even watched that. I, I know I did, but it was instantly gone from my memory. So obviously it was worthy of a bottom two because I remember nothing about a baton or anything. Yeah, it was not a super memorable performance. <clears throat> and um, from... I completely neglected talking about them in their past seasons, but um, Chi-Chi was big on doing a lot of dancing and flipping and kicking, and obviously she was... A negative was that she's done a lot of those in, like, long heels, and now she's doing it in a flat shoe, so it's not as impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot more things that were done in their, her past season were a lot more impressive than what we saw there. Um, well, and he, she... Uh, they <laughs> um, are probably one of the highest placers on this season too. So this probably would be considered one of the front runners to end up in the bottom too. Yeah, one. Uh, yeah, Chichi went very far fourth place. So um, obviously saved. So we'll see more of Chichi to come. But um, let's go. We had let's go to Trixie Mattel next. <laughs> um, just to recap, Trixie Mattel season seven eliminated fourth but then ended up coming back into the competition to a twist and then ended up placing sixth overall uh, also you should know Trixie has a folk album <laughs> as a singer song is a singer songwriter and did a folk album um, now it all makes sense so that's why <laughs> so this was probably an original song that I, I'm not too familiar with the song in, itself but played the harpsichord or whatever. I'm not sure what that instrument is and sang an original song or an original ballad or whatever. What were your thoughts on that? Um, <laughs> it was weird because it didn't seem funny really, but it's tough because it actually, I mean, the song was quite decent and obviously Trixie's a decent singer and musician or whatever, but I don't know. This is like something my mom would have really liked because she loved folk music. That was her thing. Uh, I kind of have this weird thing with folk music where it nauseates me because it was what my mom liked. Like most stuff that she looked like Bob Dylan nauseates me to this day because my mom loved Bob Dylan. Uh, but at the same time, I there's a, one of my favorite movies is uh, called A Mighty Wind. Did you ever see A Mighty Wind? No. Oh, we're just adding to the list of things we have to see. Um, it's like Christopher Guest movie. Like they did, you know, Best in Show and Waiting for Guffman, like a, a mockumentary uh, about folk music that's just absolutely hilarious. And when I was watching this, I was thinking, like, this is 
the drag queen version of A Mighty Wind. So I kind of liked it, but I don't know, bad memories of folk music and my mom. So I didn't really see the humor in it. I, I kind of assumed this would be the bottom one. Was this the one where somebody said like crickets are chirping? I think that was the the last performance. Oh, okay. Again, I, all these ones that are coming up, I'm like, oh, this is going to be the one where crickets are chirping because it's not that funny. Um, and I just think that some of these, like, this is a performance that's like, I think guaranteed safe. Like as long as it wasn't bad, like in the performance, like itself wasn't bad. There was no bad singing, no bad playing. Yeah. So it's like hard to rate it as one of the best because it wasn't bad. It's just it wasn't super like memorable. So I can see that. I think it was just like a safe performance, and I I can't deny like wanting to be safe the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like obviously one of the bottom two, Morgan did the a risky thing, and ended up losing for it. Um, now since I brought it up, we'll bring up Morgan's performance next. You're going to have to jog my memory. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to refresh Morgan season two eliminated pretty early um, after an awful, oh no, save from the snatch game, awful wedding outfit look. Um, did a lip sync to her own song. She had the blonde, the grayish hair, the gray wig. Um, Nothing. <laughs> it wasn't that good. Did Spent most of the time looking at the other people sitting there on the sidelines. Uh-huh. And looking at the judges, um, it it wasn't memorable. I was I clearly was not, not because I don't remember it. <laughs> you don't remember the one that went home? I well, I remember the character. I just don't remember this part of the Before. challenge or what they did on it. It was just lip syncing to the song that they they just recently wrote or whatever. Oh wait, I do remember. Hold on. Um... Was this the... Yeah, no, okay. I remember the song because the song kind of stressed me out. I couldn't figure out what it was about it. And there was another song we'll get to in a second that also really stressed me out. But something about the sound of this song was just grating on my nerves. And not in like a folksy, you know, Bob Dylan way. Uh, or who was who, who the, the performed that? But yeah, the, 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 there's a lot of like the weird music kind of stressed me. Like it got me uptight and I couldn't figure out why. Nightmares. I'm going to have a lot of nightmares about the songs. Trixie's makeup. Trixie's makeup and the songs that I heard in this episode. Except for one song, which I love, which we'll get to in a minute. Okay. Uh, I'm curious to see. Um, So I'm guessing this one may be the one that gave you anxiety or stress, but Milk's performance. This was the cardboard costume? Yeah, this was the cardboard costume. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, and Uh, I thought the the costumes, that was a clever idea. And I really like that. But then the song itself was just bizarre, like even more so than the other one. Like this was like something that would, if you played this song to me watching Trixie Mattel roller skate, you know, that is straight out of my childhood fears. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I think it was just a poor decision to do that. Um, there, um, there are so many things Milk probably could have done. Milk does figure skating. So some people were like, why didn't you just roller skate on the stage? Like, do something interesting with that instead of this weird song. Like, everyone was kind of upset that Milk wasn't in the bottom for this. But I at least saw some comedy at the very beginning with the falling on the face, if you remember. Well, yeah, and also did did this song, it might have been this one or the previous one, one of the two songs that stressed me out had a funny line in it, though, where it said, look at those chicks, don't you know they all have dicks or something? <laughs> I don't probably you missed one of the these line two. about look at those chicks who all have dicks. I don't remember. Oh, 
Hey, you, you forgot stuff so I can forget stuff. I'm allowed to forget stuff. I'm the RuPaul virgin here. <laughs> I'm allowed to forget stuff. I'm watching two hours of Amazing Race before yeah. this. <laughs> All right. Um, second to last, we have Kennedy Davenport with a dancing number. Do you remember this one? Not a clue. <laughs> Do you remember the hands, like the flip that goes onto the box where she went off? She was on the box at the end. Not a clue. <laughs> My choices for the bottom every week are being like, I have no clue if that happened or didn't. All right. Well, Kennedy did a dancing number. Very athletic. Did splits. Did jumps. Did kicks. Did flips. Um, safe performance. I think. That's what Kennedy's known for is all the kicks and flips and the tricks and the jumping and the diving off kicks the stages. Kicks and flips and tricks and chicks, without, chicks with dicks. <laughs> There's a new hit song. <laughs> Coming soon to All Stars 4. So, no nothing? No, no idea. And I probably couldn't tell you who they were as a character. Was Kennedy... Um... Kennedy's well, this the is mirrors. the one with the mirrors. Yeah, okay. Yeah. If they didn't have the mirrors, then that's why I didn't remember. Okay. La- okay, then we're on the last one, last but not least. All right, here's the one we're going to argue on. My favorite of the whole thing was Aja, who did the samurai um, and then the jump off the freaking box. A lot How of boxes that- in this challenge. How did that not entertain? Um, well, okay. Best. Yeah, he did the splits at the end. But I remember everybody freaking out over this, and I'm like, okay, cool, he did the splits, but what else was there? I mean, are all the bonus points just for doing the splits? It was I just, just I didn't understand it from start to finish. Like everything, well, it was just, there was no nip crabatics. How entertaining could it be? <laughs> just because there was no comedy doesn't mean it wasn't great. <laughs> I I I loved it. I I cannot. I like, I will watch this episode just for that. Like, I just thought that was so great, so entertaining. And I think that one thing that every, the judges loved about it is that it was kind of out of nowhere. No one was, everyone, you know, in the conversations earlier in the episode, all the people were like, well, you're just the baby and you're going to go home soon. And then they just blow out an amazing performance. And I think that everyone was kind of surprised by what Aja had in her. So I, I, I loved it. I guess, who would have been the top two for you? Uh, well, Ben de la Creme because of the the nip crabatics. that was hilarious. Yeah. And um, uh, let's see here, which was the one that Milk did? The cardboard. The cardboard? No, not that. Uh, <laughs> was the there another? The violin? Yep. No, probably the violin. Yeah, I thought the violin was really clever. Again, without be, it's not. To, I don't need comedy for everything. I can appreciate violin. Um, so yeah, probably the violin and Ben de la Creme. Um, and not, I guess Ben was the very top one. So uh, clearly, I am the pulse of RuPaul Drag Race <laughs> viewers here. Uh, I'm completely in sync with them. Would you have had? Okay, going back, would you have had Ben De La Creme win the the Maggie Smith thing too? Uh, was that the best performance of if you from? It your, probably from your was, yeah. Because again, there was that whole. And this is what I remember well about that episode. This this is why we're covering this you know season because I remember things that we recorded eight months ago. But somebody had the doubts like, how are you going to make Maggie Smith funny? And somehow he made Maggie Smith the funniest thing there. So uh, I can't remember all of them, but I do remember being very memorable. We remember it, so that makes it memorable. Yeah, 
Exactly. <laughs> and who would you have had at the bottom of the the bottom two after these performances? I mean, the two that I have no clue about would have been the obvious ones. Um, but I mean, just for the sake of the song stressing me out, I think the cardboard fashion show with the really stressful song uh, is pretty fair to be there as well. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a good consensus on the bottom. I don't agree with you on the top two, but um, and then after this, they uh, are declared the top three in the bottom, or really top four in the bottom two. Um, you know, so and so, yada yada, the top two, and then they go back into the the room, and then they discuss, have private conversations about who they're thinking of eliminating. Anything from here that you stood out to you? Uh. <laughs> No, again, I felt it went on a little bit long. Um, we kind of get this with Survivor sometimes. You know, Survivor does their 90-minute premieres, uh, and I think most of the time I really like the 90-minute premieres, but then other times I feel like they made the decision to have a 90-minute premiere before they really edited the episode. This felt like they were just stretching the episode out a lot to me. Um, and that could also be because with this type of format and this type of show, I'm more familiar with when they have the tops and the bottoms and then they go to deliberate and everything it's more similar to face-off where that all happens within the last five minutes. And here I'm like, we got 15 minutes left in the episode and we're talking to all the people backstage. But I guess the idea is there's strategy behind who gets eliminated and all that. And the filler really just seemed to be Vanessa Hudgens dancing next to a pork chop, which also was <gasps> thoroughly confusing to me. <laughs> I'm like, I was going to get to that. <laughs> I was going to say it after this, we had our first ever lip sync of the season. Vanessa Hudgens against <laughs> a pork chop. Um, I'm just going to put you in there. So this is also a reference to the first season as well. Because mm-hmm. there was, um, in the first season, first ever lip sync, it was a, with a contestant named Porkchop. Ah. So was it a popular first, contestant? Um, not really. They were sent home first. They were the, they're the Sonia Christopher of the season. <laughs> um, they weren't super memorable. It's just kind of funny. I thought that, for a second, I thought that they were actually going to bring the contestant out and just do it. Victoria Porkchop Parker. Yeah. Proving I am the pulse because I knew that name without looking on Wikipedia. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but it was also to that same song that they played as well by RuPaul. Mm-hmm. See, so were you not impressed by this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, my only other thing is like, for guest, are guest judges a big deal on this show? Um, they cycle through every so often. They've had some super legendary when they had Mel B on before from oh, the Spice so Girls and stuff. But yeah, they've like, also had like professional athletes, like some former NBA player or whatever. Like, so it varies. Just as confused as I am when they're trying to judge this. <laughs> well, they're just kind of there for like, just to be on, have fun, like, but also like, um, give some nice feedback or some commentary. It's mainly a falling on the other judges than the guest judge. Because I'm, I'm looking at a list of the guest judges that we have coming up on this season. Uh, there's a couple I'm very excited about. Uh, a lot of these, I don't know who they are, but uh, I, sure, I, don't know, I, they... I don't know all of them either, so it's not. Just... Good. <laughs> um, but if they can find a way to incorporate, I didn't think that Vanessa Hudgens was particularly entertaining doing this, uh, but if they could find a way to incorporate the guest judges to just do something really ridiculous like this every week, I think that would be a fun segment to keep me interested in the show. Because some of these guest judges I'm really excited about. I mean, it depends. Well, the, the only reason that these kind of segments come up is because there's no deliberation. Like in a yeah. normal season, the contestants go away and the judges are like, what did you think of this performance? 
there isn't that because the contestants are doing the work. Right. So in All Stars, they have fun. They're like last season, they they were like, "Well, you deliberate. We're gonna scrapbook." Mm-hmm. And these all these judges <laughs> are scrapbooking. Um, we are gonna silently text on our phones. They 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 did prank phone calling. They did. Um, oh, see, there's something to look forward to. They did um, skeet shooting, like <laughs> so. They they do crazy like stunt like gags during this moment. Um, this one was. Fun. I just thought it was so funny. <laughs> he, <laughs> He has Hutchins against the pork chop. <laughs> and then RuPaul's like, uh, Vanessa Hudgens, you stay. Pork chop, you are lunch. <laughs> and then it's bring back my all-stars. And can I get a side of gravy? Like, come on. These are just classic bits. Yeah, the comedy stuff I do love on this show. Okay, at least we agree on something. Yeah. Um, and then... After that, we have the final lip sync of Benjamin Krem against Aja to Anaconda by Nicki Minaj. My we, favorite song. <laughs> what did you think? Of the, come on, you had to think this was a good lip sync, wasn't it? It was funny. Come on. Yeah, it was. But uh, here's the unfortunate thing. And, uh, and when I say my favorite song, it's not really my favorite song. Um, <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> but Nicki Minaj, I have this weird fascination with her. Um, this weird love for her. Uh, she's kind of like, I always compare it to like, she's this weird space alien. Like I know there's something not right with this woman, but I'm totally in love with her. Uh, so when they did this, I, I, I was probably wishing the whole time I could just watching the video instead, but uh, it was a fun song. Definitely the right type of song for them to have fun with. When we did the last one, I don't remember what the song they were lip syncing to was. And I said like, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah, it's like seriously lip syncing this is what it ultimately comes down to this is what you really judge your talent on but if you can come up with a song that's fun like this where you know that they they have to you if you can't deliver to a song like anaconda then you don't belong on a show like this so yeah it it was a it was a good i guess way to incorporate a bad way to eliminate a contestant well i guess one the reason that they do it is because it's like a staple of what you do as a drag performer is Mm -hmm doing this to songs like some people do it a little bit differently like there's someone i think someone who's going to appear on season 10 who does like songs interspliced with like reality tv show clips <laughs> so it's like all of a sudden they're singing whatever song by so and so or performing whatever song by so and so and then all of a sudden it's like this interspliced clip of some reality tv show fight and so like some people do different things with uh, it it's just a staple um you know what oh god I, I can I can already tell you I cannot wait to hear somebody lip sync to Starships by Nicki Minaj while cutting the clips of Cedric from The Amazing Race drowning in a sailboat, throwing up, throwing up and drowning in sailboats. That's what I'm waiting for. All right, well you can be the first. You you do it, Colin. I'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> I will re-edit this for my own pleasure. Okay, and then we have Ben DeLacrome, the card winner. You approve, you agree, you disagree? Absolutely agree, because personality-wise, even in the segments where they're just talking behind the scenes, uh, I think he's hilarious. So just just give him the whole show now. We'll see. <laughs> um, so last season, on All-Stars 2, the top two of this week, of the first week, the, the top two winners, ended up being in the bottom two next week. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes this season. So it's very consistent as far as who has the talent. Well, I mean, it's a different thing. They had Snatch Game as the second challenge last season. And it was just like, 
they they completely bombed. Like it was awful. Mm-hmm. So like it, it's very hit or miss. Like if you do, you can like do so well, and then all of a sudden just bomb at a challenge. So I mean, we'll see how they do next challenge. But Ben Delacreme could go home next. You never know. Um, and then we have the elimination. Ben decides to eliminate Morgan because of concern over the strategy of eliminate the strongest one. What were your thoughts on this? I don't. Um, I know you don't remember the performances, but were you okay with it? Well, here's where I have a bit of a problem as well, and I'm not one of these fans who's ever watched the show. Uh, <laughs> not one of these fans who has ever seen an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. I have seen one, I guess, but now two, uh, two now, yeah. Um, but I, it's the whole idea where somebody, the winner, can decide who goes home. That does open a lot of doors where you're eliminating people who maybe could be the strongest one there and they just happen to be in the bottom once a week i guess the whole idea about it is that you make sure everybody brings their a game as you said you know somebody's playing it safe maybe you don't want to play it safe but there's so many other things can factor into this and you could have the funniest person there uh, or the most talented makeup artist there or whatever you know the challenges that week go home simply because they rub somebody the wrong way and I don't even have an opinion about whether that's fair or not. I think it could bring some drama to the show, but you would know better than I do. Is the drama of this show really about these people bickering and arguing and at each other's throats? That's kind of what the majority of trash reality shows are about. Doing this, doesn't that kind of discourage them from, you know, getting on each other's nerves? I mean, I wouldn't want to fight with anybody because you could just be eliminated for doing that. So, I mean, I would feel like this could just very quickly strip any drama out of the show. That's actually a good point. I actually hadn't considered that. Um, you know, a lot of news has come out, not news, but a lot of people that leave the show say that there's a lot of, like, producer input in terms of they're like, hey, like, say this, or hey, ask this, or hey, like, get into an argument, like, not like get into an argument, but they kind of want to edge on the drama. So I do see this kind of being counter to it. But I think that it's just, like, so competitive as is. There's only 10 people, like, it's not like Survivor where there's 20 people and you have to like back off or yeah. I think it's just a little different than one a different like than something like Survivor or Big Brother where I think you can be a little bit more vocal and still be safe. Like I don't think they're as, you know, like oh so and so took my tissues, well I'm going to get rid of them. Bye, eliminated. <laughs> like I don't know if that's going to play into it as much. You know, that was a really bad example. When it happens, when it happens. We'll see. You, I, you can say I told you so, but I don't yeah, think exactly. that's really going to happen. <laughs> Um, and then obviously we see the little segment at the end in which they're saying their goodbye message and then RuPaul interrupts with a little message and then we have the winners in the back looking ominously um, obviously you wouldn't know but in All Stars 2 they had a comeback challenge where the bottom four, the first four eliminated had a chance to re-enter the competition with a challenge and Two of them ended up coming back, and then one of them eliminated. So, are you? What are you thinking about this for this season? Do you, would you want to see Morgan return to prove herself? I mean, I'm not that invested in any of these people, but they're all big characters. I I think that's one thing that would set this apart from another show. You know, if a really boring team from the Amazing Race, like the Competitive Eaters, you know, hey. were brought back on, I don't think I'd be all for it. But we're not getting any dud personalities. I mean, it is. I think it would be impossible. You can tell me. Has there ever been a season of RuPaul's Drag Race where, like, this person's just kind of boring? 
there's been like a few, like one or two, I'd say. Where they just came out and played the violin or something. No, they were just like not really interesting. Like they were, ta- they had some ta- they had talent in terms of like how they look, but not in terms of how they performed. Ah. Like they weren't, they weren't super memorable. Like, like, eh. they never really, they never did super well. Like a few people just never do super well, so they don't really leave any lasting impression. Yeah, I, th- I think if anybody comes back, I don't really have a problem with that. But I think in any reality show, and again, I'm speaking more for experience in other reality shows than this. Anybody comes back, I think you need to do it early. If When you save it for, you're down to the top six, now we're going to bring somebody back. I mean, that's just a recipe for disaster. I mean, it's if the person well, does well, it's not fair. If the person doesn't do well, it's like, well, that was a waste of time. Well, think about it this way. It's top six out of ten not top yeah. six out of 20 like it's not like can you imagine like that in survivor like here's the first 14 people voted out let's bring mm-hmm. two of them back like that would yeah. be weird but it's only 10 people like there's what 12 episodes for this season or something like it's i don't know I, I, i'm guessing but it's probably around that because there's 10 people probably nine episodes at whatever um so what they're gonna last year they did it with the fine Four people eliminated, they brought back. Two, one was eliminated in the same episode. So it's it's not that much. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming they're going to do it at the same point this time around. There are four or five eliminated, see who comes back. It's all up in the air, but we could see Morgan return. Maybe Morgan can still win. Maybe Morgan can do a Lion King act. More memorable than your own song, I guess. <laughs> yes. Any other bits that you wanted to, to mention? I know you're dying to talk about this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just overall impression on the episode, I feel like uh, I have nothing else to talk about. It Just to kind of segue into review here, in a way. Parts of this really drag for me, partly because I'm not familiar with the show and I'm not as familiar with the personalities. So I think the 90-minute thing was a bit too much for me. But... I mean, I did love all of the insult stuff they threw around and nothing was boring. And uh, I found at least the lip syncing stuff this time a little bit more entertaining than the last time. Uh, overall, it was not the worst experience ever. You will still have me back next week to yes. talk about this and maybe get Jamie on because she watched five minutes and then said, why are you watching this show? Jamie and Casper. Jamie and Casper. Yeah, Casper could just be staring at Trixie, Trixie Mattel. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I guess that leads into my question. Do you want to buy it? Do you want to rent it? Or do you want to bin it? <laughs> this is so tough because I don't want to... Naturally, I would say bin it just because there was a lot of this I didn't like. But I think you have to look at it in context of the show. There are episodes of Star Trek Discovery and Amazing Race that I have binned that I'd be more likely to watch again than this. But judging this show for what it is, I was surprised, just like I was last time, that I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. You know... The disaster would have been if I came on this show and I'm just like, this is the worst show ever. And the people who are listening to this podcast are fans of the show. So they're going to think I'm a complete idiot. So what do I say? I mean, overall, I would consider to rent it because just like the last time, there was at least one segment to this show that I really enjoyed watching. And I would go back and watch again. It was the same person, though. <laughs> you just have a, a love for Ben de la Creme. Yeah, well, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't say love. I don't want to give people the wrong idea. Happily married man. But uh <laughs> Uh, as far as like as a comedian, I mean, if Ben de la Creme just did a stand-up act, I would watch Ben de la Creme stand-up act, as well as some of the other people on here. 
So I'm going to buy it for a three, few reasons. One, freaking Vanessa Hudgens lip syncing again. Aja's performance, and then some of the just great reads. And I thought that it was a lot more competitive than last season, All Stars. Like it was just, it was just so much better, so much more well edited. It's just, and the performances were on, like, on a whole, like so much better. Even the bad ones were still better than the bad ones last season. Um, I, I loved it. I'm so excited for episode two and the rest of the season. And some of those guest judges still to come. Like, there's some really exciting ones on here. Titus Burgess is hilarious. Um, uh, the one, I, I, do you see the list, or have you seen the list of who's to come on this? And can you guess I've which one I'm really of excited the list. about? I, I don't see it. I haven't seen a list. Oh, it's on Wikipedia, but um, I'll look it up. I, yeah, look it up, or I just typed it oh. into you. One of these I'm extremely excited about, and it will take you no time at all to figure yeah, I know. out. Why. I, I, I knew when you were. I knew that that person was going to be on. So. <laughs> And when the Constant Zimmer episode of RuPaul's Drag Race is on Oh, I there, thought you were excited for Vanessa Williams. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie will be excited for that one. Uh, that's what's going to keep us maybe getting Jamie on this show. But no, I mean, I'm such a huge fan of Unreal. And uh, I'm sure by the time this is over, we're going to be getting close to Unreal starting. And maybe we'll have time to cover Unreal for season three. Uh, whether or not we can do seasons one and two, we'll have to wait and see. But I mean, that's, that's going to be worth watching. So... Uh, if nothing else, I want to see Constance Zimmer lip syncing next to a pork chop. That's that's what's keeping no, me. No, she's going to be next thing lip syncing to an actual pig. Yeah, or, or anything. I mean, let's let's just have her. Let's just have her on the show in general, lip syncing. Also, on another note, do you watch the Match Game, the new one? Um, I've saw I've seen some of the episodes. I didn't know it was still. I don't know. I don't know about the airing of it, but I've seen it. Yeah, I. I generally just look through to see whatever's on that week and when i catch it i catch it but you know if we're talking about the snatch game the match game is also worth watching uh mostly because constant zimmer did an episode of that as well so uh maybe we'll cover that on a random hour let's just do constant zimmer oz (laughs) that's coming soon Uh, i mean no i think it's a pretty good list of some people coming um obviously i don't know all these people but some of them are fun i'm excited for constant zimmer like Mm -hmm. um and some of these have been repeats. We've seen some of these people in past seasons. So hopefully we'll see more interesting lip syncing from them to come or scrapbooking or whatever they're going to do. Um, so that, I guess that's it for the first ever episode, official episode of Drag Race. How do you feel? Do you feel that your soul is cleansed? My soul is cleansed? Um <laughs> Uh, Do you feel uh, joy in your heart now that you've covered it on the Oz Network here? You know what I feel? I feel really hungry for a pork chop. So a victory for RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes, and not the Victoria Park Chop Parker. But (laughs) yes, (laughs) you're excited for lunch with a side of gravy. Yeah, exactly. All right, so that's it for this episode. Um, Stay tuned for more on the Oz Network, more Drag Race, more Amazing Race, a lot of racing going on. (laughs) Anything Um, with race in the title. Um, stay tuned for the IndyCar race Oz coming up soon um, I tried to pull the two together it didn't work out um, Ben would cover that that's the qualifying lap uh, let's move on uh, <laughs> I'm sure Ben would love you to listen to Lost or Nip Tuck or Fifth Watch or whatever they're called um, what else do we do Colin uh, eventually Survivor Star Trek Discovery oh and <laughs> Olympic Month 
Go, cool go. Runnings. Yeah, Cool Runnings was last week. We got, uh, did I, Tanya before that? And Miracle is coming up this week. Miracle That's about hockey. Street? It's a hockey movie. <laughs> not, that, <laughs> not that Miracle. <laughs> the hockey one. Come on. Uh, all right. Anyway, stay tuned. Check us out. Follow us on social media. I don't know what they're called, but Colin will follow them. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> All right, Just we'll look your, for us. the internet. Um, anyway, as always, I'm Rossi, and like Trixie Mattel, my heart is a timepiece, and it will be ticking away. And my name is Colin, and my anaconda don't want none unless you got pork chops on. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.